Hello friends, welcome to the Supernature Cafe. I'm your host, David Mage. And I'm your host, Reverend Audra of One Soul Awakening. Thank you for taking the time to tune into our show where we discuss the reality-bending stories and experiences from our Supernature podcast. Supernature Cafe seeks to be respectful to all people, humans, beings, and creatures of the universe alike. What we discuss and our content may not be suitable for all listeners. We strive to only speak of truth as we know it. Some listeners may find the experience and stories depicted to be unsettling and disturbing, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Supernature Cafe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Supernature Cafe. Before we get started, David has some great news he wants to share with everybody. Yes, I do. I'm very excited to announce that we have added Supernature to my personal Patreon account. Uh, So you can find me at patreon.com forward slash David Mage, where I deliver my own original creative uh, and multimedia content. And now we have a new tier that we've included that is solely for supporting Supernature, where you can go and offer your support to help us continue delivering more and more amazing content. This is such an interesting week um, for storytelling. Why don't you give us a little background about what we are listening to today? The episode that we just uh, aired on Supernature was a client of yours uh, that did a hypnosis regression session. And it was a fascinating session, so much so that that you and I really wanted to make this uh, its own episode. And I think anybody who's listened to it would feel the same way. It had layers of content and of stories and events taking place that on their own were fascinating, but then combined together to create a much bigger story going on. Um, And we saw through those experiences, like she started as as a young man and went into this town that seemed to be in the middle of the jungle but was complete and utter peace and tranquility and simple peaceful living and then saw her experiencing a moment with a young child version of herself and that led her to soaring through the skies with some angelic being meeting other beings of that of that type and how she has this energetic tie to to this town seemingly on earth where she was helping to raise the vibration to help uh, benefit everybody and then lastly we got into uh, that's the stories and the experiences that she went through with a a um, that caveman figure in the in the cave and then we got into the final stories with the caveman and him experiencing this lonely existence only to realize that that lonely existence was self-imposed due to a a misstep a very harsh prior life yes that led to a lot of pain and trauma but only at face value there seems to be a lot deeper elements involved in that experience that we're definitely going to get more into. But uh, yeah, at face value, it seemed like a very harsh 
um, an evil, evil existence that took place. Uh, so with having said that, one thing that I really wanted to bring up right in the beginning with this uh, experience that I find um, is really important with uh, with this session is the this idea of um, whether these experiences are literal or almost if they're being made up, if the person is creating these stories almost as an allegory for potentially issues that are going on in their life that they may not be able to necessarily confront, but are able to use these stories to bring it to the surface. And either way, from what I've experienced with these hypnosis sessions, both are very relevant and both could be true. Either one could be true. Um, I think it's more of the person themselves that has to has to accept what they believe and how they believe the experience and then how it resonates with them in their life. Yeah, and I think everyone's going to have a very different, uh, unique approach to how they break down these sessions. Um, you know, there are a lot of people obviously around the earth who believe in reincarnation. Um, some people look at reincarnation um, in a small sort of way thinking like yeah I was around in the 40s or yeah I was around in 1800s 1700s sure possibly but a lot of uh, reincarnation means planetary multiverse dimensional I mean it can kind of keep expanding depending on your comfort and what you believe and and you know your practices there are some people who don't believe in past lives or reincarnation at all and you know I suppose that's fine too because really it's what is resonating for you individually and what your belief system is so I've had a lot of yeah oh I was gonna say I think that brings up a really good point which you may have been leading to so I might be jumping the gun here a little bit but that concept that you know those who don't believe in reincarnation or don't believe in multiple lives or or that the soul never dies, um, it, that really kind of leads to that we're physical beings with the potential ha of having these spiritual experiences mm -hmm. every once in a while or sporadically or maybe never. Or there's the other side, the we are spiritual beings and we are here having a physical experience. And I feel like that really does nicely divide the kind of where you stand on how you interpret these experiences. Yeah, and I think I think um, neither are right or wrong. It's really just what what you believe and what works for you. I suppose at the end of this physical life, we will find out our truth of which way it really went. But living in 3D right now on Earth, regardless of where you think the shift is happening on our planet right now, we are still in 3D and we don't have those answers yet. So it's really just exploring what makes sense to you and what you're kind of gravitating toward. And I was kind of going back a little bit toward a lot of people that I meet do believe in past lives. So, you know, that's totally fine. And they go through um, a variety of lives that are quite pivotal to where they are in their life now. And there are some who don't believe in past lives, yet they still come and see me for work 
on these things and looking at regression as a meditative experience, almost like um, yoga nidra, that sort of style. And that's also fine because sometimes if you don't necessarily believe that what has come to surface through your session is a past life, it's still a fascinating story that you are telling that I'm not telling, but you are. And it's coming from you. And in some way, it's an important tale to tell generally because of something that's happening within your life now. I mean, you could do a session the following day and get a totally different vibe because you've grown and you've changed. So for myself with um, Jess, in this session, I think it was so pivotal for her and things that were kind of happening within her life and within her frame of thought um, that to me, the, this session made a lot of sense for her. And she's going to be on here later. Um, so we're going to ask her some questions about it as well. So you'll get to hear firsthand of what she was experiencing within as well. I think it's always um, good to, you know, start off before we go into what was happening in the session to understand that you can take this however you need to. And just because you're listening today doesn't mean you're a believer or you're not a believer. I mean, it's just really whatever whatever you're feeling kind of go toward that. And I hope that these stories kind of bring some light to you and maybe some things that you're feeling um, or seeing or meditating with and how they have a much bigger picture in your life and in your lessons and, and sort of what we are growing to become. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a, a really valid point that, uh, that Jess's experience has brought up and uh, and the hypnosis sessions that we do um, shows us uh, is this this multitude of, of of perspectives on on our reality and isn't that what this show is all about we're, absolutely we are really we had a great conversation actually this week with uh, uh, someone about whether we believe believe the stuff that we're talking about and believe what we're doing and I mean, I can speak for myself that, yeah, I, I believe this. Uh, I believe the stuff that we go through. I believe the stuff that we do. But that's not the point of the show. The point of the show is to give everybody a equal platform to speak what they believe and why. So I 100% feel if anybody out there has any questions or concerns or discrepancies about anything that gets delivered here bring it to us absolutely we are more than happy to make this an open platform to speak because there's there's no growth in agreeance sure a lot of things benefit through agreement and that but without without that questioning or even you know contradicting at times there's no way to like challenge your own beliefs and grow from those beliefs because even whatever beliefs i have now they are nowhere near where my beliefs were a year ago or two or ten or twenty years ago and they keep growing and i expect my beliefs to continue to keep growing but they won't grow if they're not challenged and maybe that, that's another part of why I'm really passionate about this show is I want this show to be a challenge. I want this show to to challenge what people believe reality should be 
and what should be included in our view of nature and reality and break that open. I think also in terms of this show, and I'm going to say very specifically this episode and last week's episode, for me, bringing this about is a lot about getting out of fear. And I know our world right now is filled to the brim with fear. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of people. You know, which which way do you go? Fear or love? How do you choose love when there's these horrible things happening and these, you know, so-called evils? Where's your belief system? What, where is that core belief that you have to keep you going? And I know this week brought up a lot with me. Um, I wrote a master's on fear and jumping out of fear and transitioning out of fear, yet I still struggle with that. And I work on that every day. Um, this episode for me was so fascinating because I think if this were two years ago, hearing the story of this devourer of children, you know, doing these different things for what purpose? For his own purpose would have scared me. But watching Jess go through the situation and the scenario with him and then speaking about it after and understanding what was happening, I think is just so relevant to the times right now of energy and what energy is and how it works and energy of fear and love, good and evil. Is there evil? Is it all just stuff? These are huge questions. Yeah, yeah, they sure are. And I'm in a, I'm in a similar boat especially with this, the concept of evil, um, looking at that experience. Okay, so we're, so we're talking now specifically on that rock-like being that... Yeah, the last experience in the episode. Yeah, that was, in some way, was taking these, taking these children as sacrifices to um, steal their energy so he could effectively defy the laws of the universe by living longer, by being more powerful. Um, and he seemed seemed to be able to manipulate or convince the people around him into believing that them sacrificing their children would help them and protect them as well. But it seemed to just be helping him in the upwards of 10,000 years, according to hypnosis um, and the idea of that as being this truly evil creature that is just harming and potentially killing child after child after child just for his own his own needs um, in all intents and purposes that's pretty much evil <laughs> that's, that's, that's not much more that you can look at um, that would be more evil worse than stealing innocence more, yeah more than killing harmless and innocent children um so that's at face value again that seems pretty straightforward horrendous this person is evil this person deserves to have his been killed and and removed wiped from existence and those children redeemed but then but was that the right thing but then we see 
from that experience, we see the outcome almost. We see these outcomes of the, the spiritual energies that were involved. So the outcome of that being itself led to a life of solitude in a cave for potentially over a hundred years while they watched everyone else around them die. They were left living. With living nothing but time. With nothing but time and themselves to solely process that energy that had developed in the previous life. And from that led to a, a form of acceptance of what that being had done and penance for doing it, but then was redeemed afterwards by the children's love. Yeah. Or by being shown that moment where she's standing at the top of the mountain, just looking out at the landscape and the energy of the children or the children themselves that coming and circling around her and solely expressing their love and gratitude to her for what she did to help them. So 100%, we have to look at this experience as if we are spiritual beings having a physical experience and that these physical experiences are numerous and and compound off each other for our spiritual growth. Well, think about what would happen if we didn't believe that. So, for instance, say this scenario happens. Murder. the One of the worst things. Well, the worst thing you can do. Nobody has the right to do that. And this person did. So what do we do? Do we throw them away and banish them? You know, you're bad, you're horrible, you're evil. Get out of here. You can no longer be. So that soul never dies. So what happens to that soul? It just keeps cycling that negativity and cycling that pain versus, yes, you did it. That was not of good. So now you have to understand what you did and you have to grow. And so that person did their time and penance. Now I'm not talking jail, <laughs> but this person was removed and left to just think about the ramifications of what happened and, you know, kind of reset themselves. And that person was able to come out the other side with love and being like a valuable part of our system so that they could come back and share with us all of these things that they've learned, you know, so it's interesting. Well, yeah, like th there was that one moment when she was the, see, experiencing the cave, that caveman and learning that he was a part of the decision on the, having this life yeah. after that previous life. I need to remove myself. I think this is something that is profoundly important for for where we're going in our progress as humans is the breaking of this omnipotent being that judges our behavior. Um, and I think that's where a lot of our society struggles 
now with our religious organizations because it's so, so prevalent. Well, it's a running theme in organized religion. Yeah, because it's so important in these religious organizations to uphold this authoritarian energy or this authoritarian figure that that judges you on your behavior, that removes that that power from you. Mm-hmm. Instead, and this is a perfect experience from this hypnosis, but this is by far not the only circumstance that we have seen this happen. No. Where a person realizes that they have done something that was not necessarily not considered good, but it was in the afterlife state where they got to reflect on it and they got to make the decision on what to do next. Well, and I think that's important because I personally don't believe, and again, this is my own personal view, that when we die... Someone's going to be there, they're going to have a big book, and they're going to judge us for everything that we do. I think in my own feelings and my own thoughts that when we die, I mean, I think every one of us can say that we've done horrible things in our lives or stupid things or foolish things, and we've hurt people. But I think at the end, those people forgive. And I think we all forgive each other for missteps But I think the hardest one is going to be ourselves and coming to the end of our lives and looking back going, oh my God, why would I do that? Why did I do that? And I think we're going to be the hardest on ourselves than other people will. And now you don't have to agree with me. That's fine. But that's just where I come from um, in, you know, what I think that everything that I do in my life, I have to live with. And at the end of that, I have to make right. And so it's interesting that, you know, at the end of this life, he looked back and went, wow, I have to change. This is how I am going to pay for what I've done. And it's not necessarily karma in my head. It's just that ebb and flow of how energy works, you know. Right. And and who are we to judge whether what that soul or that energy went through is right or wrong, good or evil. And those are such subjective things. It's like looking at colors. I may say that's one color and you look at through different eyes and say, well, I don't believe that. I think it's this. I think that good and evil um, balance is so subjective to your upbringing, to your beliefs, to your thoughts, to your patterns, everything. I Granted, this was pretty rough. <laughs> this isn't like a, well, maybe it was good. It was not of good, but so much good came from it and so much healing came from it that obviously was necessary at some level. Yeah, that's a tough one, um, especially when we're talking about the context of what this being potentially did to these children and um, it's really hard and I, I get, I totally resonate with how hard it is to look at that and not say that is just evil. The, that person or that being is just wrong. But I want to ask you guys something because what if that lineup were all people who were deemed sinners or people who had murdered people who were in jail for horrible things and not children would we then say well you know 
they kind of had it coming. So like, you know, then it's a whole other story that we're talking about because then it's like, why is one better than another? Are we not all equal? Do we not all make mistakes? Are we not all good? You know, I I believe that all of us are good. (laughs) We just don't always make the best decisions. Um, So would that have been a whole other perspective if those were not these children sacrificed by their own parents (laughs) saying, go ahead, take my kid, see what happens. Let's get this done. What if they were all these horrible people? Well, and who's to say they weren't? I mean, who's to say that those children that did go to that point and and sacrifice themselves you know if we are speaking of spiritual beings and eternal lives who's to say that they hadn't already done similar things that this being was doing exactly and that by doing this and by sacrificing themselves to that this this circumstance wasn't relieving them of some of this built up negative energy yes. that they had needed to cleanse. Well, yeah, and we all like to use the, you know, the wordings, what goes around comes around. Oh, they're getting their karma back. However, you don't want to hear someone is getting their karma repaid to them when they're innocent. But when do you get karma repaid to you? When you're doing horrible things? Probably not. You know, and whether you believe in karma or not, I think a lot of people do believe what goes around comes around. But that does not mean within the same life. Truly, because there are a lot of horrendous things that happen to very good, like innocent people that people wonder, why would that happen? Well, things are this sort of infinity of energies, right? Yeah, cyclical for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a really neat kind of comparison I I like is both in Druidry and in Buddhism, they both talk about this cyclical karmic backlash where a harmful act will come back on you threefold. Yes. And I'm sure it's not unique to Druidry and Buddhism, but I'm familiar with them from these um, outlets. And it's, it's interesting to see that concept play out when we are talking about numerous lives and spiritual existences like this, where that being and what it caused is accumulating three times the amount of that energy that it has to release somehow or let go of or find ways to balance. Well, do you believe in good and evil? Do I? No. No, I don't believe in good and evil. And that's kind of where I'm going with this idea is that it's not it's not about being good or evil. It's it's this like this residual law of a of cause and effect. Yeah. Your cause will return to you as an effect. But it what I like in the Druidry again in Buddhism is that that there is an exponential factor in that. But it goes both ways. It's if you give out positive it will come back to you threefold. If you give out that negative, it will come back to you threefold or sevenfold or whatever yeah. whatever the case may be. And I think that that's a, a really intriguing thing when we're talking beyond one life. Because I feel, or I've had conversations with people like, you know, I'm, I'm doing so good, I'm, I'm helping so many people, but then nothing good in my life is coming back to me. Yes. It's not coming back. You know what, I'm doing all this and it's for nothing. It's for nothing. Well, 
Where are your expectations? Well, where, what are you projecting yeah. right there? <laughs> like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. So you've you've gone and done something good, but then you're projecting this Negative. this negativity back on yourself even. I think a lot of people say that. Yeah. A lot. I hear it so often. Right. I've done everything. Have you? Have you mm-hmm. looked inside? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading a lot of Larkma channels right now which I'm not sure if anyone's heard of Larkma, but it's a Pleiadian um, energy that was channeled. And I find it really interesting because it all goes back to your thoughts and about being complete as yourself, not finding something to make you complete or someone to make you complete, but yourself. And how as humans, we've gone so far away from being happy with ourselves and feeling love for ourselves and loving everything about ourselves. That when you don't have that core, you are projecting pure chaos, you know? So it's important to kind of be mindful of those things, if that makes sense. The more you feel and the more you put out into the world that comes from that pure love, that pure joy, then yes, it will come back to you. And it's not going to come back to you in the form of like a big check that's going to save your life. It's going to come back to you in other ways that you have to be grateful for. We are the proponents on what life is giving back to us. In that what we are thinking and what we are doing, our thoughts, our energy, it all works in to that same effect, that same outcome. And that it starts with ourselves. 100% it has to start with ourselves and being willing to actively make that difference in our life and have no expectation do those good things do those positive things knowing that you are planting the seeds for your future happiness again another beautiful buddhist um saying that that uh, that i love is Anger is the destroyer of our future happiness. And I just love the context of that and that this moment of outburst or this moment of of pain or or agony that I'm going through right now is projecting this ripple of energy that is creating a magnet for that energy to come back right at me. And I'm going to experience it in my future. And so how do we get rid of that anger? We have to start becoming aware of it. Because like I look at the session that that we're talking about last week and that we're kind of dealing with now. And so, you know, for everyone listening, how do they take that and take those like so-called negative experiences and how do they kind of integrate this story into maybe some growth for them? And what we're talking about before we get into um, Jess, what what can we kind of shed light on to share with people to say like, I don't know what like what are your I know what my thoughts are but what are your thoughts on it on how they can grow from this story because a lot of people might be angry with this story yeah I hope so and that's fine and and that's an, <laughs> another another thing to address yeah is that is the anger anger isn't necessarily a bad thing I think we talked about this in our last it's a feeling. episode it's it is an expression of something that is resonating with you and the 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 key is you feel these emotions yes to feel them that's okay but that is what we do as humans we feel <laughs> but 
don't throw that emotion on somebody else or onto something else. So like figure out what it is that's bothering you about this, what is upsetting mm-hmm. you, get to the root of it. Yes. And for me, that has always been through meditation, through taking time to sit with myself and my thoughts and let my brain unravel its train wreck of craziness. <laughs> its messiness. That it has become. Yeah. And it is not easy and it does not happen overnight. But I, I've spent years now meditating and finding ways to get back to balance and get back to a point where I try to first accept something that's happening and then contemplate. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because a lot of things upset me. And, you know, I can sure talk the talk on some things, but I am human and I feel and a lot of things do bother me so it's been a very you know conscious effort to look at those things that bother me and try to go a little deeper and why is that bothering me how is that affecting my own life you know why does that bother to this extent that you know you get all riled up about things until you realize that you've spiraled out of control for no reason for something that doesn't affect your life that you could just let go of you know blow it away into the into the wind and be done with it but you know we're humans and we feel and that's what we're here to do is imagine and express and emote and we have all the feelings but what do we do with them you know and this one definitely brought up some some fears of of things that maybe I wasn't very comfortable with but then speaking with Jess and how she viewed it and how um, it sort of transformed into her story and, and, you know, knowing her too and like knowing her history and where she is at now and knowing all of these other stories that kind of come along. It's just really interesting because I think it's so different when it's your own story, you know? Mm -hmm. There was actually one more thing I wanted to bring up about that whole um, evil life being yes and kind of tying it right back to what we were talking about at the beginning about the you know literal versus allegorical you know these experiences you know are what are they how do we perceive them and even for like not looking at this literally you know not feeling like this this being was slaughtering these children to steal their energy and take everything away from them um i felt comfort in thinking of the other side of of the um of the coin in the allegorical side. Yes. So not looking at it so literally, but from looking at what this rock-like figure was doing was not killing these children, but what did the children represent? And, you know, even from her other other little moments of stories that she took, that took place, um, you know, it, r- it really was a loss of innocence and, and a loss of that childlike joy and and love that she may have felt she is losing and she's not able to express so much and feeling like this, you know, this kind of energy, this rock being is her now, is her, you know, you know, like taking away her own, her own joy and innocence that she's really trying to get back to and, and express again. 
So, yeah, like I, I, I just feel like that's a good, a good alternative way to to look at this stuff and see if it isn't down the literal path. What other alternatives are there? What what right. what could this what could this become? Well, because who's to say that it is a literal story? We won't really ever know that until the end of our time, right? So, I think that is a really great way to look at these stories: as what did they mean to that person? How did they change that person? And how how did this experience change? Maybe their views or their feelings on uh, something going on in their life. Okay, well, I think that uh, is a great uh, lead-in to what we got coming up next. Um, I think we have done enough chatting about some wild and crazy things. (laughs) From our own perspective. (laughs) From our own perspective. Uh, So let's actually get into the session and the experiences that took place with the person that went through them. Yes, so I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Jess and talking to her a little bit more in depth about her experience under hypnosis. And uh, this is the story that she weaves for us. Okay, cool. So I guess first, Jess, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today too to chat with us about your experience and about, you know, some of these questions that have come in. Yeah, thanks a lot for bringing me here. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So do you have any overall... um, I guess, thoughts or feelings on the whole experience of it and of the QHHT session, anything like that that you want to share? Um, I guess like for me, I had read like a lot of Dolores's books and the curiosity was just overwhelming. I was like, I, I found out that I could go find a practitioner in my area and it was like, next day I found you (laughs) (laughs) which was like I'm so grateful for that (laughs) it was just it it was so I don't even know how to put into words it was just so much curiosity and excitement and to know that this is a possibility to reach the unknown to be unknown is it just blew me away and I was it, it has continuously blown me away since I've had the first session with you so it's been really great and wonderful and eye-opening. Awesome. And I think because we've done a few sessions together as well, that I I think maybe even on both sides, we can say that we've kind of grown together through this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the vulnerability of it too, just being exposed and things coming through and then discussing it and what does it mean? And like, is it really someone coming in and and like the higher self coming in and answering or was that just me making it up (laughs) right and I mean I don't know if you actually since you kind of said that if you want to touch on that about your feeling of that uh, specifically because that does come up often you know are these just you know these stories being told maybe you can kind of share your thoughts on how you feel about where these come from yeah, absolutely. When, when it well, even our situation, like when when you were bringing in the higher self, like I was awake the whole experience. Like I didn't feel like you know back in the '60s and '70s when people had no memory whatsoever. Like I definitely felt super aware the entire time. So when you did bring in the higher self, you know, I felt this kind of shift where I was able to see, but when you asked for the higher self to come in, it was like, no. 
And that was like, I felt it. It was just like this powerful no just came out of me. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't mean to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You can't really force what you say. It just comes, even if you're fighting it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, you, uh, you know, you, you expressed how um, appreciative you are and uh, respectful of the energy and all that. And we were able to go forward and, um, I think it was the second session we had where I said to you, like, how do I know? Like, do you know? Because I feel fully awake. And you said to me, like, would you say this about yourself? And at that time, I could honestly say the way I was saying how much love there is and how much we as in they say they love me and how, you know, I'm doing so many great things and I'm on the right track. I wouldn't have had that confidence at that time. Um, and to kind of go a little bit forward, you know, I can, I can say those things about myself now where at that such a breakthrough, it it was, it really was just that confidence is like, yeah, I am magical. I am strong. I am powerful. I am a light being. This is just a really cool costume. And from the first session to now, it, it, it has grown so much spiritually for myself so it was it was really strange being able to have these answers just coming through and then at the end being like wow like that just happened (laughs) how do I and then how do I kind of take the next step into life here yeah (laughs) so maybe you can kind of um talk a little bit about because you were saying about the love that you were feeling and from my side, I kind of saw a lot of that in the experience that you had with the little girl, uh, which was in essence yourself. And that, I don't know, I thought that was quite a pivotal time about love. Um, if you have anything you want to share about that experience. Yeah. So with like the little girls, like I definitely had to l- listen to it a couple times because it wasn't something that stuck in my memory. And then when I listened to the the recording a few times I'm like oh yeah that happened um I honestly can't say that I have consciously been aware that if she's ever come back in my dreams or anything like that I maybe if anything it's planted a seed for me to check in with myself like okay you know I'm being a little too serious these last couple days let's be a little playful let's be mindful in that way so if that's her coming through to help remind me to be, you know, playful and stuff, then that's, that's that connection, but it's not, she's not something I consciously think about. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So when we are talking about that very first place that you sort of came upon when you, um, began the experience, do you have any sort of impressions of that that weren't captured in the narrative? And this was going back to, I believe it was the more like basket weaving, artsy, sort of very laid back lifestyle. Okay, that one. Yeah. So um, honestly, it was just peaceful. Like there was just no worries. There was no fear. Everyone was just being who and what they wanted to be. Um And with the animals in the background, you can hear them chirping or making their noises. It was just like utopia. It was heaven. It was just so perfect and so connected with nature and their own lives that they were doing. So I think it was pretty captured well in the narrative. Um, It was just super beautiful. Like just imagine 
peace on earth. It's what it was with less technology because it was more, um, you know, whittling and handcrafting versus tools and, and necessarily not using any psychic abilities either. It didn't seem. No. But very human. Cool. And then do you do you recall the name of it? Because that was a little bit of a stumble throughout the session. Yeah, I know. I, I remember you the, the spelling of it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel any connection with it. I don't even think about it. Um, I don't think it really mattered the name so much. So I, I just don't feel that, yeah, there's a connection with it and something that I need to think about. So I, I don't I don't even remember right now what it is. Okay. Um, no, that's fair. Because we had um, somebody kind of ask about that, about, you know, after going through the whole thing, was that in reference to anybody like like Robert, who we do meet later on? Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it. It just like um, it was saying that it was like a vacation planet, a vacation place to come and chill. And maybe like a long time ago, because, again, the technology wasn't there. So it felt maybe, you know, a vacation planet that someone would go to a long time ago where it would just be super peaceful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you need a break. Yeah, like oh, <laughs> that was a tough one. Come here. Yeah, you've been a peasant for some king for a very long time. It's time to chill out. I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounded so peaceful and like blissful. <laughs> yeah, it it was. It was really great. Cool. Okay, so let's kind of move forward a little bit to the caveman uh, scenario. Now, knowing you a little bit. Um, you kind of presented yourself as this like woman that was very, you know, over the top dressed with high heels on. And I'm not sure if I'm overstepping, but I feel like that would be something that you wouldn't be into in this life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think when I was younger and I saw my mom in heels, it was very exciting. And then I grew up and I was like, I not going to put myself through that pain for anything (laughs) (laughs) it looks great and don't mind like mind me wear your heels but it's not for me and it was yeah it was I remember even thinking about it and listening to him like why did I have those shoes and to be honest I my only thought and connection was maybe because of the little girls they were really dressed up and if that was a fraction of me then it was coming through um but yeah I don't I don't wear high heels I think they look amazing but I don't understand why I was. But the rest of me was very, like, um, pale pinky blue white with no structure. It was just, I looked at my shoes and I was like, well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Because I, like, I remember thinking, I I think I might have even chuckled a little bit in the session when you were describing that and you're kind of like, oh, I have heels on. Yeah. It just seems so bizarre that you're in a cave and you're kind of dressed over the top, um, which, I mean, that's incredible. It just turns you into a whole different being. I know, right? This floating being that's just there with my high heels on. I don't know. Maybe I have a connection with Dorothy. I'm not sure. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. So are you able to kind of look back now at that caveman character and, you know, expand a little bit on him at all? Oh, goodness. It was, yeah. Um, Again, it was captured very well. He was just staring at me when I was coming down. He seemed so unsure of what was going on. Very frantic. Um, 
And then kind of as I came down, looked closer, he was like, okay, I see you, but who are you? And then instead of being around that fire seemingly in the outside, I don't know if it was outside because there was a lot of smoke around it. We were next in a cave and he just, he just looked so frail, so tired and just kind of looking like he maybe the end for him at that point. Cause I remember keep talking about the end, maybe his, you know, what we found out later was his, um, karmic repayment for what he had done previously so I think he knew he was coming to the end of that that life and that um, experience to kind of think about what he's done but overall he was just in their cave holding on to that energy ball just trying to survive and it was just fascinating watching him there and I couldn't stop like smiling and laughing because I wanted to interact with him so much but at the same time I, it was just more of observing and just seeing him there and then getting the story of how and why he was there was fascinating and wild. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit about that story? Yeah. So, so what it was, it seems like he had been excommunicated from his village because he was doing some weird experiments no one was really jiving with. And they kind of just ignored him and he got really upset and he was alone. And that was kind of how he trailed off into leaving the village and the community and starting his alone time, his isolation. Um, But it seemed before that life as well, he was more of that rock hard structure, humanoid thing in the cave. And I just remember saying to you over and over, I was like, oh my goodness, like he's just taking these these children, they're coming down and he's taking their essence. And it was, it was just so bizarre. Um, and just seeing it over and over and just trying to understand. And then when I kind of came to that realization that that was me, I remember crying. I was like, oh my gosh, because who I am in this life and now is just so far removed from that negativity and that darkness, what he was doing in the cave and taking their energy. And, um, yeah, like, like I was saying, like compare, but of these children, they were just there. There was no emotion, like they were stunned or something. And, uh, yeah, it was overwhelming. And just knowing who I am now in this life, it just, it, it was really wild to find out that that was me in another time. Yeah. And do do you like look back and think maybe, that is why and how you've become who you are now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's definitely a flip. I feel, you know, I was that being apparently for a long time. So um, I came out of it and in some weird kind of way, like even now just getting emotional about it, I feel like those children, you know, we all contract, we all know what we're getting into when we incarnate. So I feel like there was a contract for them to, be a sacrifice for me and then knowing that eventually when I do come out of it it's it's going to be the 180 you know full of love and light and I feel that when I was on top of that mountain and we were all like energy beings we weren't like physical when we were on the mountain and when the kids were hugging me and showing me love and understanding and that because of those times look what we're able to do now 
And I definitely hold that in my image going forward and what my purpose here on earth and is to really just help with the frequency and help with that love vibe just to increase and help children, help animals, help people. And that embodies you 100%. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's just such a stark difference. And I think a lot of people listening, um, you know, from the feedback that we have received has it's been a tricky one to digest and a lot of people can't kind of come to terms with these horrible things that have happened to, you know, especially an innocent being um, because it sort of where's the humanity in that. How is something like that allowed and okay when you look at, you know, maybe it was done for their own higher purpose. And I think that's a tricky kind of pill to swallow yeah, right. Like who wants to admit that? Like who wants to admit that this is all done for like a greater purpose? It's dark, it's strange, it's weird, but when yeah, it's you horrifying. Do, <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Like you're taking someone else's life and uh and and it was just children nonstop. It was um but when you do get to step back and kind of see the grander purpose and trust in the universe and source, then you I know it sounds so bizarre, but you definitely get to see the whole picture and feel whole and knowing that thank goodness like your physical form is just an experience an an ability for you to express yourself in a certain way but when you're out of that incarnation then like you're your true self and you're out of that love and you get to make choices and it's it's super weird but I'm 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 grateful for that because if that made me who I am right now then you know I I love myself now like I really have learned to love myself a lot more fully than ever and do you think um do you think that feeling that love and and sort of the way that you've kind of changed do you think that through these stories like that, that that's helped you in any way or is that just sort of your evolution well, you know, becoming aware of it consciously in this life, it, <laughs> I, I, I think when I first met you, I was so all over the place. I felt like a pendulum going left and right. Like, who am I? What am I supposed to do here? Should I be a yoga teacher? Should I be a Reiki healer? Should I do this? Should I do that? Like, it was so overwhelming, so anxiety inducing, and I didn't know how to best help and kind of going through that experience and finding my purpose and knowing it's just about raising the frequency. I honestly, from that moment after that session, I, I don't have those chaotic thoughts anymore. It was completely disappeared. Wow, I know. Awesome. Yeah. It's like, cool. So it doesn't really matter what I do in the physical as for a job. Just <laughs> me being me is totally enough. And that has been so calming because it's been years frantically wondering what the heck am I supposed to be doing yeah and I think that's a really good point to bring up too because I'm sure so many of us feel that that you know we all feel this calling to something bigger so now what does that mean in our lives do we have to change our job do we have to change this and it's not about that it's just about changing your frequency and your vibration and realizing that you just have to bring you to whatever it is that you're doing Mm-hmm. So that's cool that you were able to kind of get that relief from the stresses of that through hypnosis. Yeah. Just oh my your gosh. Mm-hmm. So you've also um, met your guides through hypnosis as well. Yes. 
Now, is there anything that you want to share on that experience and what that's like? Yeah. So I, I believe the, the being who showed me that little village of the light and I found out that I was helping with the frequency there. I, I believe that that was Robert. And um, it took me a few times listening because Jonathan has stuck out the most for me. Um, whenever after that session, I think about him, there's just this really strong connection to Jonathan and it would just be really cool. I just think about him and kind of in my meditations, have a little chit chat, um, and just felt really calm and relaxed afterwards. And then a little while ago, if I may talk about the dream I had, um, I told you that I, so it was a Wednesday and I'll tell why that matters. But Wednesday morning I woke, I was kind of waking up and I was having these dreams and I had a dream that I opened my house door and it was this house that I'm in. I opened it and he was like, Hey, I'm here. And I was like, (laughs) Jonathan, what do you mean you're here? He's like, I'm coming to help you. And I was like, what? And it was like instant over my whole body, just total excitement, total like, oh my gosh, and total, I'm like, this is totally possible. Like, I've read so much stranger stuff. Like, why isn't this, why can't this be real? Yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) I didn't tell anyone for a little while because I didn't want anyone else's energy to influence me and to start doubting myself. And so when I was thinking about it, when I got really excited in the waking up process I was like well when are you coming and he said Friday so it was Wednesday and he was coming Friday <laughs> so I was like oh my gosh <laughs> gotta clean my house <laughs> guess coming. Yeah. Um, anyway so for the next days I just you know believed it held on to it and I just kept telling myself of course this can be possible like you've read super strange stuff in Dolores Cannon books of other people's experiences like why can this not be real and it was just so I've never had a dream that was so real so consuming of excitement and love and oh my gosh this is so exciting I had no idea that this could happen like well I knew it could happen to people but like it's happening to me yeah (laughs) so it was like oh my gosh he's coming and I just kept that. And I was like, well, how are you coming? How are you coming into my life? And there was a bit of confusion, whether it was my partner or a third party um, human or through me. And so I didn't think too much of that. And Friday happened. And and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, OK, you're here. Like, where are you? <laughs> and I just got this feeling that he was coming into me. Um, what that fully means we don't know because we tried to have that other session and we weren't able to get some questions at that time. Well, he was very busy. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, so he was merging or, you know, um, a step in or whatever, something to just kind of increase my energy, I'm sure. And kind of downloads and, and kind of upgrades. I feel that was kind of the purpose of it as I think about it. And since it's happened and I can say to you that from that Friday, well, even from the Wednesday, from that time into even right now, the calmness, the assurance, the total knowing and believing and feeling of the universe and that everything 
is as it, it needs to be and everything is going on track of what is happening with the new earth and my purpose and just my connection with it has just been solidified. It was like, boom, I, I, I don't even know how to put that even more, but it was just, you know, any fear or anxiety that was happening prior, it just went away, completely Incredible. disappeared. I think that's so amazing, especially considering, you know, the date and time we're in right now where everyone is feeling anxiety and fear and you've kind of had the opposite where, you know, it's whether it be a dream or whether it be, you know, whatever type of experience you can kind of describe this as being has helped you kind of make a very new transition into kind of your own mental headspace. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I even told you, you know, like there, the kind of the months leading up to it, it was always a sense of calm, like, oh, my gosh, I always felt like everything's coming to an end, Audra. Like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I'm waiting for my spaceship to pick me up. And but then I'd get sucked into the, the heaviness and the 3D aspect of what was going on. And it was just, you know, I'd go down that little rabbit hole of density and get stuck. And then I'm like, pulling myself out. But since that dream, I've been really able to discern and see and observe without being uh, too attached to anything. And that's such a powerful feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so grateful. Absolutely. And I, I, I say it every day how grateful I am for my experiences and who I am and how I see the world because I know there's, there's a lot of people even without what's going on, you know, in anxiety and fear and things like that. Yeah. And I think just opening yourself up a little bit to different experiences and just letting them happen will definitely help because now is the time that we need to kind of make those little adjustments and changes in our view of things, our view of reality. And it's just going to help us. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's exciting when you really start to see the magic. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really excited to do another session because maybe, I mean, thinking back now, I almost forgot about the hypnosis session that we did following that dream. And now that I kind of reflect on that, maybe we were just too close to that date. So he's had some time now. He's had another extra month or so. And you know, maybe we can try again and maybe he'll have the time to chat with us about it because he sounded like he was very busy. <laughs> I know that was so funny. It, it Again, when you were calling this the higher self to come in, it was like every like before you called in, it was like a red dragon, red fire, things burning. Yes. And then you're like, OK, boo, 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 boo. And then it was just white, complete white. And it was like, sorry, we can't answer questions right now. Please wake her up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I can honestly say in the years of doing this, I've never had that reaction. So it's interesting, even on my end of this, because I'm constantly evolving um, through the practice as well. And it was really cool to have that. So I mean, I think we were still able to chat about a good like five, 10 minutes to that um, entity or to that kind of being. And get a couple things answered, but nothing in depth. So it was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to let you do your thing and take a step back. But I really do want to reconnect with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel too, like that, that you said that um, since Christmas has passed and whatnot, I felt like, Hmm, I feel, I wonder now if we would get any answers. So that would be interesting and fun to try out for sure. Awesome. We will do that. <laughs> cool. So 
we've gone through all of our questions um, that have come in. And I guess I'd just like to ask you, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners um, about your experience or about anything in, in general that you want to share with us? Honestly, I, I feel that, you know, the quantum healing hypnotherapy um, is something that a lot of people should consider uh, for many, many reasons. It doesn't have to, it could be pure curiosity, um, but follow that instinct and that intuition to lead you because I definitely feel it's the therapy to go forward with, to really get those, those answers, to get that quantum healing. Uh, if anyone else knows or are familiar with QHHT, um, it, it really is something to be rev- revered and to, to talk about and to make it mainstream because I, I feel, you know, everyone has the same questions. Like what's my purpose, right? Yeah. Like, and I feel <laughs> it's such a great window or door or whatever you want to use to kind of get you where you want to be. And the information was unbelievable. And um, I've definitely benefited from it. Um, I've gained a really great relationship with you, Audra. So that's yes. been super great. And um, other than that, it's just from, I probably from the first session to now, like I've finished majority of Dolores's books. I've read a couple other books and um, found a couple people online. And honestly, it's, it's just, everything is just coming together. Like all the people who are saying similar stuff. So they're overlapping. The validity is there and seeing younger people online talking about this stuff has been so amazing. Like, I feel so connected that I'm not alone anymore. Like, I knew I wasn't alone. We all, like, for sure. However, in the human aspect, it is so nice to see younger people talking about this because we all know, like, 500 years ago, you'd probably, you know, get shamed, shunned, or yes. something. Well, <laughs> there was a stereotype for sure. Even, like, 30 years ago, I think there was a stereotype of people who believed in this thing and, and people who talked about this. There was a very specific idea of what people thought you were and, and what you look like. And, you know, there, there's, there's none of that anymore. You know, we don't have yeah. time for it. We're moving too fast. <laughs> Absolutely. So honestly, if, if anyone's out there, like feel, get into your, get into your spirituality, just, you know, it's, it's a time not to hold back. I feel like even in my conversations now with people, I feel more confident in just being who and what I want to be. And if, you know, you can't control other people's responses. So if they don't jive and kind of think you're a wacko, then thank them. And if they still want to be your friend, cool. And if not, that's great. Like it's all good. Absolutely. And I just want to touch on one thing uh, before we go that you brought up about people coming into this as what is my purpose? And I think that's interesting because I see it so much that it's almost something that I've forgotten about is that I think a lot of people come into a new reality and a new way of thinking and they come into, you know, this new kind of lifestyle that's happening. And that's always the biggest question is like, what am I here for? What is it all about? What's my purpose? And I think once you open up this little toolbox (laughs) of reality, (laughs) you realize that that is not even a question anymore. 
there is only one purpose. It's just love and experience. And you get into so many more things that matter more than just what is this all about, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I completely agree. And it's even just, yeah, like if you're not in a job or doing something that you absolutely love at the moment, I think what I was saying to you earlier is just do it until you don't have to anymore and then focus on what really brings you joy and just we're at a different age that we're, we're paying people for their wisdom and knowledge and experience. And I think that's definitely the way forward versus, you know, how the economy represents it at, at the moment. Do you want growth or new jeans? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you can have both now in this new reality. <laughs> that's true. That's true. New, new dimension, new, new stuff, right? But, but it is true. I think a yeah. lot of people used to kind of focus on accumulation of stuff, where now mm-hmm. it's a little bit more on accumulation of knowledge and of reality and, and what that means. Yeah, because when we all get into this new information, all we want to do, and especially from my experience, when I came into this knowledge and, and knowing that the universe is there and things aren't as they seem like 10 years ago, I've just wanted to shout it and shout it and scream it and be like, why don't you see it the way I see it? And people are finally <laughs> yes. starting to see it. <laughs> I totally agree. I, I had somebody ask me recently, you know, do you believe in this and that? And do you believe in this? And my answer would have been different. I think a few years ago where it would have been a little bit more like, um, I would have taken a step back first and been like, hmm, what is this person really asking of me? And instead, my answer was, yes, of course. Do you not? (laughs) And it kind of got them thinking like, oh, should I look into that? (laughs) Is that something that people are doing? And it kind of expanded that person into looking a little bit deeper into life after death, into reincarnation, into um, residual energy, things like that. Because they kind of took my answer of, yeah, of course as a, oh, wait a second, this is okay now to think about that. So I think it's like more of us are out there promoting like this is normal, this is stuff that we should be talking about the more expanded we can be. Oh yeah, and I just wanna say one more thing with that is even my partner and her siblings, like her her sister's a bit, um, she's not as open I would say, but like still really awesome and you know, is questioning. And I think that's the important part is that she's questioning her reality, even if it's not oh, I'm questioning the universe, but I'm questioning choices that are being made that are affecting me by other people. And even as that expands, people who I would never think would be like, oh my gosh, this is really weird, are starting to say, oh my gosh, this is really (laughs) weird. And I'm like, yes, that's so great. So definitely everything is is expanding. It's awesome. Yes, keep asking questions and keep pushing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Well, it's always amazing to talk to you. Um, But I want to thank you so much for taking the time out today to jump on the call with us and kind of go over your experience. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been really cool and I've never done anything like this and I I feel more confident now. So thanks. Good. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) That was a fantastic uh, conversation that you got to have with uh, Jess. And I want to thank her so much for taking a moment to sit down and go through those questions and stuff uh, to really get a, an insight um, from, you know, from her and, and see kind of her perspective on it. And also thank you to everyone out there listening and sending those questions in. Um, it's such a great thing to be able to have 
a, a different kind of reach with people listening and to have it more personal. So we are answering those questions that you may have. So keep them coming. We love getting the questions and we love bringing them up, especially when we can, if it's with one of our clients. And coming up next week, we are going to go to another regression session with Audra. Yay. So she had a continuation experience with, uh, with some of the, uh, the figures that we met in her first session. Uh, we actually got to continue, um, continue along with uh, their life and learn a lot more about what they were doing. Um, well, what he was doing and what he has been a part of. I'm trying really hard not to laugh right now because it was such a crazy experience. From him, it snowballs into some other incredible cosmic experiences that I can't wait to share with you next week. And I'm a talker, so I can't wait to share it as well and, and to kind of go into depth with it uh, following up. That's it for us uh, this week. Hope you enjoyed our session. And as always, reach out to us uh, through our social media and let us know. Let us know what you're thinking. Yes. And if there's anything you want to hear about, you know, and keep those stories coming to us if you have anything to share. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen along with us to our crazy stories of amazingness. And remember, um, you know, if you can, if you want to support us, we have a Patreon page up now uh, through David Mage that's just for Supernature. So make sure you check that out so we can keep this conversation going. If you would like to share your story or have any questions about our discussions or have any ideas that you would like us to include, email us at supernature at galacticcycle.com. And if you enjoyed this session, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform and stay up to date on all of our latest releases. Help us make these shows as interactive as possible. So please reach out and keep this conversation going. You can connect with us in the links in the bio and become a part of the journey. See you next time for more incredible stories. And in all that you do, may you reconnect with the earth. Thank you for listening and never stop pushing the boundaries of reality.